Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Continuing on in this psalm that... What I learned yesterday is you have completely figured out, and I'm in a complete quandary and drowning over my head. So hopefully by the end of the week, we'll be able to feed on each other on this a little bit, or I'll be able to feed off of you on this. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It's, it's not been the pebble in my shoe, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I'm picking up from you it really has been. <laughs> so we'll read Psalm 74. Maybe we can get to the bottom of what could the psalmist have been thinking. Uh, in Psalm 74 and verse 1 from the New King James Version, Oh God, why have you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, the tribe of your inheritance, which you have redeemed, the Mount Zion, where you have dwelt. Lift up your feet to the perpetual desolations. The enemy has damaged everything in the sanctuary. Your enemies roar in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their banners for signs. They seem like men who lift up axes among the thick trees, and now they break down its carved work all at once with axes and hammers. They have set fire to your sanctuary. They have defiled the dwelling place of your name to the ground. They said in their hearts, let us destroy them altogether. They have burned up all the meeting places of God in the land." We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, nor is there any among us who knows how long. O God, how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? Why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand? Take it out of your bosom and destroy them. For God is my king from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divide the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters. You broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him as food to the people inhabiting the wilderness. You broke open the fountain and the flood. You dried up mighty rivers. The day is yours. The night also is yours. You have prepared the light and the sun. You have set all the borders of the earth. You have made summer and winter. Remember this, that the enemy has reproached, O Lord, and that a foolish people has blasphemed your name. Oh, do not deliver the life of your turtle dove to the wild beast. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have respect to the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. Oh, do not let the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Rise, O God, plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches you daily. Do not forget the voice of your enemies. The tumult of those who rise up against you increases continually. So having studied through this and and worked through some, you know, there's obviously the, as we walk through our different conversations this week, I do want to help anyone who's listening move from the possible place where I have been with this psalm to where I ended up, because I have studied and I'm a much better place on this psalm than I was when I first started studying it. Good deal. Okay, so 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 there is that to keep in mind. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time trying to get everyone else disoriented, and especially you, but I, as we've been talking, as you were reading, I do want to point something out. I, I think perhaps kind of a parallel yeah, I remember there was a time when Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? 
Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan, O Lord. What can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? And the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They've transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They've taken some of the devoted things. They've stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel can't stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Okay, so mm-hmm. the, the struggle that I'm having, I hear this prayer from Psalm 74, and what I expect is God to respond to whoever the psalmist is like that. Get up. Yeah. Get up. What do you think happened? Obviously, you sinned. Now get that straight. <laughs> and and so for me, the struggle comes in, and yet this prayer gets to be. It's not just a historical recording of a prayer like we have with Joshua. It's actually in a book that is supposed to be a prayer that is a model for us. Yeah. And okay, now that that does get me to a good place by the time I'm done with this. But at first, as I'm reading it, I, I'm really struggling. And so that I kind of wanted to put that put that framework. No, around. I, I love I love you setting it side by side like that because, as 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 hard as I'm sure it was for Joshua to hear, hey, get up, get up, and I'm going to fix this. Like, what's worse to get that from the Lord or what the psalmist expresses, which we've not heard anything from you. Yeah, I'm crying out to you, and there's nothing, mm. and it's been a long time and nothing. Mm-hmm. That's a difficult place to be. Yeah. So, and I, and I, yeah, so I guess that's where, you know, my perspective on it is a little bit different because I don't feel like they've heard nothing. I feel like God said, 70 years, here's what's going to happen. You guys need to pray to me. And all of that has been revealed and, and revealed in a way that it got spread around so that Daniel and Babylon had gotten a copy of it. So anyway, I, I know we're going to get back to that. I just wanted to set the stage, but here, here's the thing I, I did get it out of this Psalm. And one of the things we've learned over the last couple of years is that, yes, each psalm is its own package, and we need to read each psalm as its own package, but we've also picked up on the fact that that you start to see themes, you start to see threads through the psalm, and for me, what I'm seeing in this psalm is, okay, now what do you do when the bottom absolutely falls out? Because we read a psalm last week yeah. where the bottom was really rocky. Mm-hmm. The bottom was was shaky and crumbly and what saved the fella? What 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 brought him back was he was able to go to the sanctuary. Right. And when he got into the sanctuary, all his struggles, all his his doubts about the goodness of God, mm-hmm. his doubts about whether Yahweh was really the God to follow versus the other gods went away because he went to the sanctuary in Psalm seventy three, right. and he saw their end. So he went to the sanctuary and he looked ahead. Mm-hmm. He saw that he went to the sanctuary and he was able to look ahead. He he went to that that place of worship among the worshippers of God and participated in the worship and were able to look ahead to the promises of God, to what God has done. And now we come to this next psalm and what's happened. That sanctuary that had been the answer in the last psalm, it's been chopped down and burned. It's chopped down and burned. That was what I thought too when I read this. is like the sanctuary was the place of being close to God and where God dwelt. And now this psalmist, uh, also a psalm of Asaph, yeah. right? Or in the line of Asaph. Yeah. Uh, if if the first one I tend to think of is the actual Asaph, yeah, but the temple being in the situation is in this one, I think okay, a descendant of it, Asaph, it has to be, right? yeah, it has to be one of that school, mm-hmm. uh, and there is no place to go now to find God again, yeah. to remember the greatness of God. Now that's been wrecked. I was thinking too how that uh, 
that there is a significance in pairing these things together because of this threat of sanctuary running between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wouldn't want to miss that by reading this one in complete isolation. Right. And in fact, we will look forward, if the Lord allows us to continue for the next four or five weeks, we will get to Psalm 78 and verse 69, where this sanctuary, and it's another Psalm of Asaph, and it will continue... He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth, which he has founded forever. And Psalm 78, by the way, is a psalm that straight up explains, here's why Israel got destroyed. <laughs> so so they're, they're, I, I guess I do want to point out, as I read through the psalms, I hit this one where there is this question of, I have no idea why. And yet, as a, if I... If I kind of get rid of this, I only read Psalms in isolation and I start to look at themes, I'm actually through the Psalms of Asaph also going to get all these questions answered when we get a few Psalms down the road. So that that is coming in the Psalms to come. But Maybe we there's see something this, you know, to be said there about the value in taking a, a, a bunch of them, right, at yes. the time. If you were going to sing through them, let's sing five today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you kind of get a bunch of them. And we get a story. And, and, we, get a story. and we get, we get yeah. to see this, this train of thought. But what occurred to me is, okay, now I, you're right. I, I tend to t- take that first one as the Asaph, Psalm of Asaph, I'm, yeah. although it could also be just from someone in that school of Asaph, one of the be. descendants. It could one be. of the worship but, leaders. But clearly this one is much later than the original Asaph. And so it's like, all right, I look back to my fathers, I look back to my spiritual predecessors, and I know what they did. I know what they did when they were in despair. I know what they did when they were doubting God. I know what they did when they didn't know how to answer their questions. They went to the sanctuary. But here I am, not able to go to the sanctuary. Right. The sanctuary is gone. But you know what? Here's what this psalmist does, what this Asaphite does. Instead of being able to go to the sanctuary and look ahead, mm-hmm. he looks back. Mm. He looks back and he remembers. Yeah. And I know it's cliched and I know it's hackneyed, but this wonderful metaphor, he has come to the absolute end of his rope. And he says, I'm going to tie a knot here. Here's the knot. I'm going to hang on to this. My God is my king, and I know what he's done for us. Yeah. I know what he's done for us in the past, and I know, and in fact, this thing that he's done for us in the past, we're kind of in a similar situation as the Israelites were in the past, and so I'm hanging on. Why would he have done this thing in the past just to give us up now? Yeah. I, I don't believe he's going to do that, so I'm hanging on. And I'm specifically talking about what he says beginning in verse 12. Yet God, my, in Psalm 74, mm-hmm. yet God, my king, is from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the sea monsters on the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. You split open springs and brooks. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day. Yours also the night. You have established the heavenly lights and the sun. You have fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You have made summer and winter. Now, I take that, and I know there's some disagreement about this. Some believe this is looking just back to creation. Mm-hmm. All right, and we can talk about that if you want. I I tend to think that actually he's talking about the deliverance from Egypt. Mm. I think the splitting of the waters refers to the Red Sea, mm-hmm. not to the division of waters when creation. I know there's some creation language at the end about yeah. his being the day and the night. Yeah. But even in the Exodus, what was God doing? He was leading Israel by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day, that these things belong to him. He was setting the boundaries. He was setting the seasons and the times. And so he established feasts for them as they walked through this. 
the the crushing the heads of the Leviathan and the sea monsters. Well, that that sea monsters word is actually used in Ezekiel a couple of times, and it actually refers to Egypt and Pharaoh there. Yeah, and so that's what I think is happening here. I think he's saying. This is my God, my King. We've been in this place before, and I know what God did then. I'm hanging on to that. Yeah, that uh, that may very well be. Uh, one of the things that I took from it, I think is in the same vein in this conversation, is that when these earthly reminders of God are gone, mm-hmm. we are still not removed from his creation. Right. Right? That just because this temple built with hands has been torn down, uh, it doesn't mean there's no more God, because the signs of my God have been removed and taken away. I am not; He has not left Himself without witness. Without witness, yeah. And, and kind of that Psalm 19 view. So, so, so these verses here in uh, Psalm 74, do you see them as also referencing the Exodus, or do you see them more as referencing creation? I would not have thought of the Exodus until you were making those connections. Oh, really? I, yeah, I, I definitely. So, did where, see did, creation so where did a lot you play? You saw creation. Okay, I did, and and again, like I said, I, I see the contrast being. Things made with hands, things made without hands. Yeah. And so that, yeah, if the temple's gone, but I still know this is my father's world because mm-hmm. I serve the God who's made it all. Yeah. So the interesting thing here is, and, and the reason why a lot of people do see creation is because of this notion that when you go back to the the myths of creation that surrounded Israel, there, there were these ideas and pictures of battle. Mm-hmm. And so you had the Leviathan, mm-hmm. or a, a similar word in the other language, I think Lotan is, is what that word was, and it was the sea monster that Marduk or Baal conquered in order to create the world. And so the psalmists, as some would suggest, are taking that image that the Israelites would have been familiar with from their neighbors yeah. and said, you know what you heard from your neighbors? That's that's not the way it is. Right. Our God created. Yeah. Our God conquered. Our God organized and ordered. And I think that may be possible. But but I, I really am, and in fact, there's a part of me that wants it to be that because I feel like, oh, that's cool, and it's very scholarly, And but I, I, I still come back to Exodus. But I can see it either way. So, But either way, I think, makes the point. What's he doing? He's looking to the past and what he knows God has accomplished, whether it's in creation and the victory there or at the Exodus and the victory there. He's able to say, I, I serve a victorious God king. One of the neat things, uh, particularly in drawing to the idea of the monster, the sea monster, is that Israel serves a God that created everything. Yeah. And there is a particular call out in the Genesis account that on day five, it is the monsters of the deep. It's yeah. sea monsters as well, specifically mentioned yeah. that he named and that and he, he created, created, he created yeah. them. He didn't just battle them, he created them. And yeah. even as uh, you know, a Leviathan appears like in Job and how he's described, there seems to be only one power that could ever best a Leviathan, God. and it's God. Yeah. It's God's power. Absolutely. And so there is this assertion of the greatness of God, even in the face of of what appears to be an, an utter defeat. Yeah. Yeah. He says, this is my God, my king. I don't he's have still any, here. Even when the temple's gone, he's still here. I don't have any idea why we are where we are. Okay. But I know who my God is. Mm-hmm. And I'm hanging on. Yeah. I'm hanging on. It's a powerful right. thing. Let's wrap up here. We've gone a little bit over. God, thank you. You are the creator. You are the deliverer. You are the victor. And whatever this particular stanza in this psalm refers to, either way, it gets us back to knowing your power and your greatness. And we know that you would not create the world for us just to deliver us over to enemies. And we know that you would not deliver us from one enemy just to deliver us to another. And so, Lord, we put our our heart in you. We have our eyes on you. We reach out to take hold of your hand 
even when the bottom has completely fallen out, we're putting our faith and our trust in you because we know you're our king and you will deliver. And we're so thankful for your son who delivers us. It's through him we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.